I don't want to grow up. I just want to be a breaking the panel kid. I have auditory herpes. I try to be very careful. Then my doctor, Dr. Mantis Toboggan, told me something very surprising. One study found that 99% of people who have auditory herpes got it from a crappy podcast when they had no signs or symptoms of an awful show. It doesn't matter how infrequently you listen to crappy shows, you may still spread auditory herpes to others. Now, I take giant-sized Temupacin 15 times daily to reduce my risk of passing it on. Giant-sized Temupacin is the only medication proven to reduce the risk of spreading auditory herpes. It even comes in lots of different flavors. Breaking the panel tastes like an unbuttered piece of white bread. Geek Versus tastes like assorted candy and cakes. Blazing Defender tastes like a shot of fireball. Botch Podcast tastes like liver failure. Toy Power tastes like Play-Doh smells. And now for the kids, Pokemon Go Podcast tastes like false expectations and disappointment. Head on over to www.giantsizeteamup.com for your free sample today. Ask your doctor if Giant Size Team Upison is right for you. Side effects may include anal leakage, erectile dysfunction, painful urination, bloody stool, unexplained body hair, male pattern baldness, sensitivity to light, excess salivation, and the inability to see the color fuchsia. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we do everything that is awesome in the world of comics and fandom. We got a lot of great things going on tonight. Uh, let's see, let's see. The Dwight Schrute of the show, Phil Keating. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, that's funny for reasons only <laughs> phil and i understand yeah and if you watch the show it's that area for yeah we, we've got this on patreon patreon well okay it will be on patreon i've got jonathan agreeing to upload these for me i just have to get in the video stuff and get it done but you'll see the video at some point on patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel and it the, it was funny it was good uh my partner in crime my uh podcasting life partner paul klotz Yay. Was, uh, that was really uh, affectionate of you. You look good tonight, man. I mean, I, I like the woolly, woolly mammoth, but you got, uh, you, 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 now you, okay, now you don't want to watch the video at home because it'll make you <laughs> cry. So yeah, I no. ended up got a podcast with Charles McFall, and we've got some stories to tell. Donald Glover, we talked about this a while back. You know, I'm obsessed with Deadpool, and I, I'm a fan of, of the Donald. And uh, he's gonna. Be, <laughs> well, you can't Donald. just say that. <laughs> what, I can't call him Donald. No, no, you can't. There's only one Donald, <laughs> the greatest Donald. <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta refer, you Mr. gotta refer Glover. properly. No, it, Glover. it's 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 Don Don Glover. Don Glover. Oh, okay. Yeah, Don Glover. Uh, so anyway, he was gonna be doing Deadpool. Animated series, Fox, Triple X, XXX, whatever it is, Fox, you know, one of their, their, it's like ESPN4 channel, you know, on cable. ESPN8, The Ocho. The Ocho. Ocho. (laughs) Yeah. And this week, it fell apart, right? Uh, Mutual parting of ways, couldn't, creative differences, all the the bullshit that they spend in the 
I don't well, think it was mutual at all, though. Well, that was the initial story. That was the initial yeah. story, right? Mutual, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And Variety posted, maybe this is up, uh, chalk it up to his busy schedule. To which he came out with, uh, fuck all y'all motherfuckers. I wasn't busy. I love Deadpool. Here's the script put out on Twitter. Fuck you guys. I like, I love Mr. Glover even more because yeah, he put out a 14 on that dick real fast. Yeah. He put out a 14 page, uh, treatment for, I believe it was meant to be the finale. That's what it is. Yeah. Cause it's called finally. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's not up there anymore. Uh, that tweet has been deleted. But we got some screenshots. Well, we don't. You know, New York yeah. Times had to oh, they're, Yeah, they're out there. Yeah. But uh, basically he said, yeah, no. I mean, it, he basically was just throwing shade at Marvel executives saying that they um, – Fox, wasn't it? I don't know if it's Marvel. I think it's Fox that he's throwing it at. Mm-hmm. Basically, whoever had, whoever had the run-in that says we're not going to do this project, that's who he's definitely bucking up against. Right. Uh, I love – by the way, kudos. I don't say this often because press is, is – pretty biased and stupid and we've had that argument but kudos to the new york times for the picture they used of donald here he has he has a face of oh yeah motherfucker and he's like he's hmm. <laughs> a great picture they picked a good picture for the article i found but yeah he he the project was gonna be a 10 episode run for fxx channel and he was working on it and cr- creative differences and variety said may have been a casualty of donald glover's packed schedule he's like nope for the record i wasn't too busy and then bam just laid it out there and sad yeah, or- it broke up go ahead phil originally i thought you know oh well oh well you know he'll find a home for this project but then i realized oh, well no he won't because he won't be able to get the rights for the actual character of deadpool so it's it's right just, yeah. it's dead on arrival and it was supposed to drop i believe uh in the may? fall of this was it was it as early as may uh, I, I thought it was later on this year let's see it wasn't gonna be for may yeah oh, it, no, was, sorry. it was announced uh last may sorry that's right. why i knew i got may from somewhere i didn't just make it up but no you're right it was supposed to be later this year or something yeah like. it's just a shame because of the hype that i'm hearing about deadpool 2 um it, it really would have ridden that wave into something nice and special but I I would say never say never. Um, the merger still has to go through. It is Marvel. Hmm? It is Marvel. Mar- sorry, you're right, Paul. It is Marvel. Uh, the network has supported uh, the vision for the show, him and his brother, his vision for the show, but that Marvel owned the intellectual property rights and had decided to go a different way. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's um, it's weird. Yeah, there, well, there's a pretty decent thread in r slash marvel about it with some some feedback some people didn't really like the direction of the writing on it um somebody said that they didn't like the ryan reynolds version and i was like what are you smoking like no. you're dead to me is what no. you are yeah. yeah well it's not like you know disney is going to pick this up for their streaming service considering everything's going to be okay on the deadpool does not belong on the disney streaming service uh-uh. no he doesn't it just doesn't you know, so I no don't, version I don't, of it does. I don't know what will happen, if anything. Um, you know, it's weird that Fox would just cancel a show and not even give it a shot before it even airs. It's so unlike Fox to cancel anything at all. So who saw this coming? Not me. Maybe a watcher. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, because like this didn't even get to air for an entire season and get everybody attached to it yet. Well, no, I mean, no, right. didn't they didn't have a chance to... in the episode launch. You know, honestly, that, that's how progressive Fox has gotten is that they don't <laughs> even have to air the show now before they cancel it because they know people would have loved it. Like, no, we're good. No, definitely, definitely don't want anybody to like this. So, And in Deadpool fashion, that's so meta. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're so that sad breaks, it breaks my heart because you know mr glover is having such a, a crazy career right now and God, he's on i was fire, man. i was very excited to see what he was going to do with the with the deadpool property but it just chalk it up to another we'll never know i i was wondering if not only was he going to write it if he was going to voice it because i i'd be down with him voicing Deb. i think he has the dry sense of humor that would work did you just vomit in your mouth a little bit, Phil? That's oh, just sneezed. racist. That's <laughs> I sneezed racist. and muted. Oh. No, Charles, 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 you're the person who doesn't care about black heroes. <laughs> okay? No, we're shifting. We're shifting to Phil. Phil's racist. <laughs> yes. you know, your projection <laughs> will not fly here, sir. No. Uh, come on. I'm we sorry. Know, but... We know who the born and bred Georgian is here, okay? <laughs> My daddy. My daddy. Diane Nelson. This is breaking news. This happened within uh, about two hours before showtime tonight, before uh, showtime the story hit on. Now, it's from Comics Beat, so this might fall under clickbaity, but you know what? I decided to run with it anyway. But Diane Nelson, DC's head, uh, goes on leave of absence, which starts in April. And then this is where the clickbait part comes into me. It's like, what? You, we didn't need this headline. Meanwhile, Jeff John reveals he likes the Hulk. Oh, what? Jeff John likes a character that's not on his comic world what because nobody does that i didn't read the article i'm just being a dick uh, <laughs> but <laughs> diane uh is going on leave april 2nd it has no end date um i figured this was definitely big enough just the headline itself was big enough to bring to the show for us to, to talk about because she's the one who's been pulling together because at one point, Jeff Johns was supposed to be taken. I remember Chris was like, in Johns we trust and all that jazz. And, and Jeff Johns was supposed to bring that universe together, but then they, they decided not to let him do it. And Diane was, he was reporting to Diane and she was doing it. And we know that as much as artistically, I can't even say that straight face, as much as fandom wise, though, I like the DC movies. I can, I know there's been there. I can agree. There's been issues with the films, how they're written, how they're done uh, tonally sometimes. Um, they just haven't taken off like Marvel. Do you think this has anything to do with that? Or perhaps there'll be something that comes out later that maybe maybe she has a family thing or a health issue that she doesn't want to talk about. What do you think, guys? I think a leave of absence with no end date sounds like it might be a health-related thing. That's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because, I mean, whether you yeah. like the direction that DC's gone in or you don't or agree with their decisions, seeing somebody potentially become ill on that level yeah. is never a good thing. Um, so hopefully it's not that, but I, I, that's generally not how you handle somebody getting sunsetted out. Usually you just announce when they're going to want, you know, when they're going to phase out and who's going to phase yeah. in, um, or you just straight up fire them depending. But, um, well, I, the only reason I brought up that maybe it's something nefarious versus health. Cause I'm with you. Health related stuff is, is bad. Or even family related stuff. The thing with, um, 
Shit, I lost his name. You know, I'm awesome with names. Uh, Jeff three, Jones. No, no, no. Uh, three hundred and oh. Justice League uh, director. Uh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Thank you. You know, on the surface, the tragedy with his family was I have to step away for the film, and then it was an excuse as you called out, Paul, and then later was revealed to be true. It was kind of an excuse to get him out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's about as confirmed as it will ever be. Um, but obviously, you know, he hasn't admitted that that's what happened and neither has Warner Brothers. But just to be clear for anybody who's going to write in an angry letter, but the no, reality we, is we could use some angry letters. It'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, write an angry letter and we'll, we'll mock it. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't think it's that, that my gut doesn't go that direction, especially since I think they know that they're under a microscope now because of what went down with Snyder and potentially what's going down with Joss Whedon as well. Um, Honestly, if Warner Brothers is cleaning house, it would be in their best interest to just say that, to be like, you know what? We're unhappy with uh, yeah. Yeah. where we're at with a lot of these properties. Uh, we think we could be doing a lot better, and we're making personnel changes to try to achieve that. Uh, that sends a strong message that they're not just hiding things. Um, I think Warner Brothers has tried to hide things for a long time with a lot of things. You know what I mean? I mean, we've yeah. been we've had fair criticisms for Warner brothers all the way back to like how they handled young justice, for example, and why they didn't openly admit why they canceled that show. You know what I mean? And then they got yeah. called out for it on a Kevin Smith podcast and the real reason got revealed. And then lo and behold, they went back and touched it again. You know what I mean? It's Warner brothers has to stop making these decisions in the shadows and then trying to keep everything hush hush. Well, and I understand that, uh, you know, a company has to have a certain level of, uh, secrecy but like you're getting pummeled you know what i mean like this is this is that moment in a comic book when the the main character is just getting battered by the villain and in this case the, the villain isn't a villain it's just a better hero from the other side of the aisle um you gotta you gotta get ahead of it man you gotta if you're cleaning up house tell people and they'll uh maybe have some hope and i don't think you get rid of your CEO of the business um, president. because president of the business, because people don't like the properties that you're producing. Because if you look at it on paper, these are still profitable films. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To, to justice league still brought in $660 million. So, um, you know, you start at the ground level and, and like they have, they get rid of directors, they get rid of writers, and that, that's where you start your re rebuilding. That's why I'm leaning more towards either of, um, a health issue or a, a family issue just to, to kind of reset mm -hmm. um, herself. Yeah, so, and, it, and nothing in this email. The email is in the article, like the full unedited. Well, as far as we know, unedited email. And we, we could uh, totally be speculating yeah. on something that's not a big deal. Yeah. You know? It could be something as simple as she's gone for a month or two and she comes back. Yeah, but it says she wants to recharge as well as have immediate and uninterrupted time with her family. Mm -hmm. uh, this is her decision and the entire senior management team, and I support this. It will help facilitate it. As follows, we'll get to the follows part. Yeah, that, that um, sounds like a health issue. Maybe she also does um, humanitarian work, so she could just be yeah. taking a leave of absence to reset her chi and and go do sure. some good for the world. Uh, you know, do some missionary work or 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 building houses and and restructuring places like Puerto Rico that needs all the help they can get yeah. right now. 
Well, we so, saw how a sabbatical worked out for Sam Beckett. You know, he still hasn't come back. So just saying. Um, that's a 90s reference for you kids who don't understand what I'm talking about there. But uh, I, it could be, too. I'm going to come from my own place of frustration with creative stuff that perhaps cause at first it's going to be her and Jeff John side by side. It seemed to be a, a relationship, you know, made in heaven. And then all that has just changed and changed. And we know, at least on the surface, how WB treats their directors and there's been back and forth even when ben affleck going to do batman not going to do batman and went out of my contract okay i'm back again so maybe it's a, maybe as a creative she's going you know what this is an excuse for me to move on and do something else in a polite way not burn bridges and you know maybe maybe you're right phil maybe she'll get recharged and come back maybe she'll go on to do other projects that were more creatively free for her you know i you, you never know because you can't say these guys won't let me do what I want to do, and that's why these films aren't making billions of dollars. I don't know. I mean, I'm well, obviously guessing here, but I mean, she's an executive. She's not really a creative, so I, I feel both. Mm, not, not in this sense. Only you, Charles. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, they, they, but for real, this isn't a person that's known to be a creative impetus behind the brand. This is a business person. You know what I mean? Who makes business okay. decisions? Um. That's not a slam. You no, know no, I mean? that's fine. We, we need people to do different jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm definitely going to strongly lean probably a health issue either for herself or somebody in her family, or there's some stuff going on at Warner Brothers and she's just stepping away and letting it kind of letting the dust settle. Um, honestly, I mean, that's the tough part is like, we know that WB has been meddling a lot. Yeah. In, in, in their various projects. And I'm going to guess that the Joss Whedon walking away thing is partially what he said where a story wasn't flushed out. But I also feel like there was probably some heavy leaning from Warner Brothers. And I feel like some of the other projects haven't been moving forward for the same reasons, at least not the way they were initially announced and stuff. I feel like what this Jeff Johns thing is losing momentum because I mean, a year ago, all we were talking about, like every other week, was they're yeah. throwing more and more at them, and now, now it seems breaking. Yeah, and I don't get that because it's like, I mean, could we be looking at like somebody like John's slipping away to Marvel? I mean, that's that's the other thing in this article is there's mm-hmm. speculation because he posted a picture of uh, of the Hulk, you know, yeah. it, an Alex Ross uh, piece on his Alex profile. Ross. Alex Ross is cool. Yeah, I mean, is he? Is he in position to make a move? You know what I mean? Is Marvel in the kind of, or in this case, Universal, because somebody points out the Universal still holds the, the rights to Hulk as a standalone film. Films, um, but not the book. So it depends on which direction. Right. Well, in. right. But I mean, he's, he's clearly made the transition off of books. Like, I mean, he probably would keep working on books, I imagine, but he's well, focused on bringing so- these characters off the page now. And I would love that and possibly go work at Universal and do that jazz. God, I want more Hulk films, especially if it's going to be done with love and, and care. Nobody wants more Hulk films. I want more Hulk films. I yes. want one. I want one as well. Yeah. Shout it down, bitch. What are you going to do now? You, you, you Shout it down, love, bitch. Shout it down. I loved the Edward Norton one. Loved we would it. never. This is the disclaimer. We never actually shot down Paul. We respect and love his. No, wife. don't don't <laughs> lie to our listeners. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. So it's gonna. Jim Lee is the only name I recognize in these names here. But Dan Dido, Dido did say it for me, Klotz. No, Dido. 
not Dino's, di- Didio, <laughs> Didio, Daddio. Jim. Not a bit at all. And Amit Desai, I will be reporting to the biz dev head, uh, business developer, uh, business developer, Thomas Gawecki. Uh, so it's definitely going to stand under, under business control here. Uh, but yeah, I, I forgot that Jeff Johnson is no longer the CCO at DC Entertainment, uh, Chief Creative Officer. Uh, so yeah, you know, they just got um, Bendis, right? Bendis is the one, the big one that went over there to DC. Uh, so this might this be seemed, a, Oh man, this this all seems like such a mess. Right? It, it seems no, like they, it's, they, it's a bro opera. Fine. It's a bro opera, like wrestling. But it, like, everybody sleeps with everybody. Everybody's cheating on everybody else, business wise. And you know, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like it, this is like watching like the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox trade key players. Like in the '90s, that happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A guy like Wade Boggs plays for one team and then he plays for the other, and they're rivals. You know what I mean? Like people are switching sides, and it's like it's almost like an AVX type thing where like people are changing teams, and it's really weird. Um, it, it's clear that some people feel stifled by the company they might be at at a moment in time, or they were just at, or were at for a really long time, which is the case with both Bendis and Johns. Um, it would be one of the most insane things that's ever happened if Jeff Johns ends up with yeah. Marvel. Oh, completely. And, and you know, Bendis is over at DC. Like, that is, like, something that 10 years ago, if you said that to people, they'd be like, no. That's, like, some fantasy BS. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, I definitely think Warner Brothers needs to get their acting gear and at least get a cohesive momentum thing going on, you know, cause it just, yeah. everything feels so haphazard. When's their next film? Is that Aquaman this year? I believe that's this year. Okay. That's the thing. I, I know there's a lot of, I think Wonder Woman yeah. two this year as well. I don't know. They haven't even started shooting that yet. Have they? I believe they have. You know, we, we did a production schedule. You think I remember. We put so many movies. Ready Player, by the way, Ready Player One coming out this weekend. That'll be the next big movie panel next week. Is RPO, so go watch it, people, and uh, tune in for us to go crazy and do some shenanigans. It's be awesome. It's uh, uh, Aquaman comes out December twenty first, so it's a Christmas release this year. But there's, I know there's another DC film right this year. There's got to be two. Shazam, no, or is that? Oh, uh, that is next year, I think. Okay. But, um, yeah, Shazam is next year. Wonder Woman 2 is next year. So Aquaman is the only one this year. Cyborg is 2020, and Green Lantern Corps is 2020. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and Marvel and Marvel Slash Fox is like five movies this year. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's such a weird thing. Like, you put two yeah. movies out in 2016, you put two movies out in 2017, and then you're like, let's just pump the brakes after Justice League and just slow things down a little bit. I could have sworn there was a second film announced for this year, but obviously I'm, I'm wrong, and we're all used to that. And then, uh, so there's films that are in development that don't have perspective dates yet. Uh, Batgirl, which we know is pretty much shelved right now. Yeah. The Batman, which which future is uncertain on black Adam flashpoint Gotham city sirens. That was up in the air with, um, Margot Robbie, uh, justice league, dark 
the new gods nightwing suicide squad 2 and then there's a bunch of uh, untitled ones which means it'll probably not happen anytime soon so let's say aquaman is hot garbage i think aquaman's gonna get completely battered coming out christmas week Oh, battered because he's a fish. Fried <laughs> battered. Is that where you're going? Hey, man, I gotta get my Easter jo- my Lent jokes in now. Nice. Before they're that, I, I honestly yeah. did not even pick up on that. That was awesome. That was so, <laughs> so say say it is trite, which I hope it's not because I like Mome, uh, Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what's 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 the company's next step? You know, if if this doesn't go the way it's it's supposed to. Ryan like, Reynolds you, returns in Greenland. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, do you just do you just say, "All right, shut everything down," and take a step back and then reanalyze? You go where you're good. Do you, do you, do you just so, okay? So then, what? You just say, "Okay, here is six hundred million dollars, Christopher Nolan, fix our problem." Oh. I don't think they no. make any more films Ex- than Nolan. Exactly. I mean, because I don't think he, he wants to be part of the DC mm, universe. No. no, no, no. But look, look, you still got, you've got Teen Titans coming out right in December. And I think it's December, October, November, December. It's fall. It's fall. Okay. Fall, winter-ish. And DC has always been amazing at their animation. Even if they don't treat it well, they've been amazing at their animation. But we all know that, that Teen Titans go like nobody's business. And it's awesome. Mm. But, yeah, but you have douchebags, you know, that don't respect Teen Titans Go for what it is. You know, yeah. just a fun animated thing. That, you know, annoying, they're still they're still butthurt that they didn't get their edgy teen drama in a cartoon. It's they just did like, though. On. Teen Titans was that for a while. Young Justice is. Yeah, you you got that. So get your head out of your ass and let people have fun with this. But, Oh, let's, let's, have, let's let everybody have fun by trickling things down into having no substance. Ah, yeah. Lego I movie. hate when the Powerpuff Girls crossed over and had a great episode. Oh, of Teen no. Titans, Fuck the no. Oh, no. No, no, no. You're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Charles, you're wrong. Where, where's my spoon and my, my teacup? Hold on. How do I kick this guy from this call? Get out, Phil. hold on can we just talk about that real quick what are you trying to do and have you done that before Charles Uh, why'd you have a teacup just sit next to you with a spoon Charles yeah you just gotta like for the folks at home on camera Charles just picks up a glass and he's got a fork in it backwards He's stirring the glass. Oh my god! Sound effect for the that was the most. That was the most redneck hillbilly version of "Get Out" I've ever seen. But the podcast people didn't need to know that. All they heard. Was oh no, they did. They need, no. they need to. Oh, let's be honest. They oh. already know this. Oh man. Uh, <sighs> anyway, to answer your question, I think if Aqua, I don't want to. I do want to do it. I like Momoa. I've liked him and all the the cheesy goodness that i've seen him in and you know atlantis target atlantis of course uh game of thrones season one uh i even liked i liked conan now it's not a good movie i'm not gonna sit here and say conan's a good movie i liked him in it i thought he was fun i enjoyed him for what he does i saw him do a uh, graham norton to promote uh justice league and the dude is just a geek at heart man he's just a fan and a goober and he's, he's awesome to watch and i hope it does well but if it doesn't I think they have to fall back on their animation. Stop dicking around with it and putting it on 
on pay, pay-per-view services or things that don't get a lot of exposure and make full-length animated features and send them to the theater and you will kill. Yeah, the killing well, joke did well. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if it did well or not, but that, was, that wasn't even a theater release. That was a... a um, Actually, I do think it was. No, no, it's a special. It wasn't like a regular run. It was. Well, yeah, no, but and it, it was joke, showing. That was that was. I didn't like that. That was nobody liked. Went that. wrong way with some of that. I'm talking about anyway. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. But I back to your point. I mean, is Momoa strong enough as an as a lead actor to carry a film? Like, I, I understand he's pretty and he can do some action stuff, but every time that I see him in a role, his lines are just cut so he doesn't have to talk. I don't know. You know, they, they made you, him speak uh, Death Rocky because, you know, I'd rather have him well, spitting out. No, that's, that's, that's mischaracterizing Jason Momoa. I've seen him yeah. speak. He's eloquent. The guy can talk. Like, I, I, well, okay, so he looks like a badass, right? This is what I realized in his interview with Graham Norton. He looks like a badass. So he just typecasts. He's badass. And he can play it well. You always got to see your But him, naturally, he's just fun and goofy and loving and yeah, awesome. he's basically – I would love to see him in a rom-com, honestly. If they, if they to, didn't have an Aquaman, they could easily have him do to me fun and comedy. To me, he's another Dave Bautista. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's capable. I think he's actually better. But, but nobody. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Batista. I, I've only seen Batista as Drax and as the wrestler. I haven't seen him do anything other than that. So I'll, Batista and Blade, Blade Runner, Runner was uh, mind blowing. Oh, that's right. He was. He was the at the beginning of the film. I don't yeah, know he was, what which is yes, he was, right. Which is why I can't right, agree with. Right. Yeah, because I mean, you're right. Because that was way out of you know the expected parameters for a big yeah. muscle guy like that. Yeah, and I, I didn't even know he was in that film, and I was yeah giddy and then just blown away by his acting i was um, staring at that character like, i know that i got i know that face i know that oh shit that's batista but that's shame on me because i don't know you know other than game of thrones and what i've seen on uh justice league much of momoa's acting ability and i mean you know, all, i should give him more of a chance before i you know pan pan who's him. the guy they got for deadshot in the dce uh Joe um, Rogan. No, <laughs> uh, Manila. Man- I can't say. Yeah, I, I would put him in a similar camp to him, where he he excels at being like you know the buff, good-looking dude that's a little bit campy in his delivery. Make but I think he can be more than that because I've seen. Okay. I've seen, seen the new Herman ch- the movie on Netflix. I have not. Big Holiday. Big Holiday. Yeah. Uh, Joe plays himself, but he comes in early on in that film, and yeah, he, he can be fun. He can have some other parts. And um, yeah. by I the think way, he's capable more than he's than he's been given. Basically, is what I'm saying. You know, all you out there in the podcast listening to audience, raise your hand if you notice how Klaus just skated over. He didn't know the name, and I did, and he just went on like it was nobody's business. I got that one. I'm just saying. no, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Fake news. I was halfway through typing it in. I just didn't want it to show up on the audio. But if you want to point that out, that's fine. <laughs> Guess what, folks? Charles knew something. I got once. my one right thing for the month. I get the Charles is faster than go- at Googling than Paul is. I did probably. Yeah, I did, do believe I saw you look at your screen, so uh, I'm going to call bullshit. All right, you call, you, you call Chris all you want. Get out, Charles. Uh, 
Charles. 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 And now, is that a lightsaber that you're stirring in a Murloc's head? No, it's, it's a, a wine opener. It's um, a wine opener. Uh, it looks head. like a, a Lego Nexo Knight or something. So basically, what I'm telling you folks at home is none of these motherfuckers have like a teacup with a spoon in it. That's true. <laughs> They're all improvising. Yeah. At least I, I wasn't using a red solo cup in a plastic <laughs> fork. <solo cup. laughs> All right, going on to news, Captain Marvel has an update. Uh, we're looking at the return of Kree characters Korath and Ronan. And then, of course, they go, <laughs> suggest we all need to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on a hard pass. I'm still kind of watching it, but i got to tell you, it, it's, they hurt me, man. They, they hurt me. I can show you on the doll where they hurt me. And it's, it's, it's more comic booky this season. I'm happier this season, but it's still not – it still doesn't – they're not getting forgiveness yet. But uh, we're getting um, – let's see here. Where, I got to get these names right. So Captain Marvel, the movie, right? Not some spinoff animation or book or anything uh-huh. like that. Captain Marvel, the movie, has added I, – I, I just want to say Digimon to that name. Hansaki. Why am I reading the hard name? Thank you. Lee and Lee Pace uh, and Clark Gregg to its cast. Now, Clark Gregg, has it been spoiled? Because I'm pretty sure it's been spoiled that he's going to be in Infinity War. Right? I don't know that it has been. but it, well, I didn't know that. I, I, didn't know that. I thought I'd seen headlines come across. That. I mean, honestly, I don't think it's a big deal. I yeah. expect it. I expect that if you're going to bring him back to the, the cinematic universe, as you should, that's where you reveal it when the world's about to end. Right? So... Because uh, he's been dead to them um, for yeah. how, however many years now, you know. Of course, we know the, the backstory when blah blah blah. But uh, they've added them to the official list of actors for that film. And Hansel and Pace both played Kree aliens in the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Korath and Ronan, but were dead by the time the credits rolled. So this is going to be. Uh, don't we know that Captain Marvel set in the nineties? Eighties. Eighties. I think it's the 80s. Yeah. It's set in the 90s. Oh, is it the 90s? Yeah. I thought I'd read that somewhere. I don't read much, but what I do, I try to hold on to. Uh, So, yeah. So, we're going to get them both back in the story. Uh, Here we go. Based on a Marvel comic character first. Oh, damn. I thought it was a synopsis of the film. It's not. So, anyway. Well, Uh, we'll we'll get an unseen period in the history of Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, for the folks at home who don't understand how to connect all these dots, Captain Marvel is Kree. They're both Cree. No, it's she's be not. With, yes, she is. Marvel is Cree. Well, yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Um, basically, this is going to deal with the Cree Skrull War, <laughs> which so, is awesome. Which is going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good, and it's going to be nice to get a little bit more depth to Ronan. You know, a little yeah. bit more backstory and amp him up a little bit. Since. Maybe find out why he became a religious zealot. Because Ho- hopefully, not- they play him a little bit more like he is in yeah. some of the comics. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. They already have my money. Um, I like Carol Danvers a lot, so um, I can't wait. And Brie Larson's she's goddamn awesome. So we'll see. But they already have my money. Cool. So yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. And so uh, obviously we're gonna get a young or a storyline young Colson in this film. Um, since it's obviously set back in the 90s. And Are they going to give him a toupee? Uh, Hair plugs. Maybe. 
honestly, even though he does have a bit of a uh, receding hairline, that there's young people who have that. I mean, they just gotta let him have that. Yeah, man. My that. my cousin was balding at 16. He's he's three years younger than us, and we used to make him buy us beer because he looked like he was 35. <laughs> Did you knock out a tooth for effect? So he looked like uh, we didn't have to. <laughs> Wow. He already had the mouth mouth going. No, <laughs> I don't know your cousins. So. <laughs> you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> uh, and so last week, Phil, you brought the story about Disney is doing Marvel World out in California and some other places in the world, but not Florida. And I thought this because I, I said you know Universal has um, Universal has the rights to them and, and Universal Studios and that contract probably is not up. Yep. Here is a follow-up article from TravelAndLeisure.com. Uh, basically, the short version is uh, Comcast, who owns NBC and Universal and a bunch of other media outlets and things, uh, they have – where is the, the actual thing here? I've tried, uh, they have a basic a moratorium that says you can't bring Marvel characters into Florida, the state of Florida, period, uh, because they have it at Universal Studios. That's their – marketing rights type of deal so i just wanted to follow up on that going yep nope that's that's exactly why they're not going to be coming to for now 20 year old binding agreement does uh, does that switch over once disney owns um i'm looking the motley fool reported on it uh and they're a pretty solid business show so who who's over at universal I, i'm sorry that would be spider-man uh-huh Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Hulk uh, are all there. And it just basically says uh, the only characters Disney World appears to be free to use are those found in the Guardians of the Galaxy because they weren't around at the time they signed this. Sure. Uh, and apparently Black Panther is still up for debate on that. Uh, it doesn't say how long It doesn't say how long the contract goes. It just says it was signed 20 years ago and it's still in effect. Um, so yeah, all the now they lean heavily at Universal. They lean heavily on Spider Man, uh, some on the X Men, but a lot on the Fantastic Four. Doom, Doom is a huge presence uh, in the park, and he's got uh, at least one ride, if not two. Uh, Spider Man, mm. of course, being the most recognizable of all those, and the worst, the worst X Men actors in the world. It's it's bad. It's it hurt. It hurt for my kids. Go look. There's Wolverine. I'm like, mm. all right. Let's go get a picture because it's just not Disney quality. It was bad. Um, and they go, there's Cyclops. I'm like, you shut your mouth. Fuck <laughs> Scott Summers. You're not. You're not getting a picture with him. So there is that. Any any follow up there? Clots being one of our business minded experts on the panel. What do you? Mm. It is what it is. I think Marvel needs to stop signing stupid agreements like that going forward. Well, hopefully they learn their lesson and they. Well, have. yeah, but tw twenty years ago, Marvel was different. From no, Marvel. I know, but it's like it's become apparent since then that they basically gave the keys to the kingdom away to literally everyone. Like these these deals were some of the best deals you could possibly yeah. hope for. Like it's insane. Now, of course, they did, they couldn't predict that they were going to last long enough to survive, much less last long enough for Disney to buy them as a property. Uh, I, I got to imagine if Universal was talking to them, they had to have tried to approach Disney, and Disney was like, nope, at the time, you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I would, 
I was excited when I heard about Marvel uh, Adventures, uh, Islands of Adventure Island. And some of it, the rides are good. I really enjoyed the Spider-Man interactive rides. Stop with the J.J. Abrams lighting. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the Hulk ride. It's fun. But you don't see any Hulk characters or anything running around. Uh, you get Electro. You get Doom. You get Spider-Man if you go on the ride and sometimes outside his ride. And then you get the X-Men show up with this really cheesy. They're trying to capitalize on the 90s cartoon. So they play the cartoon theme song over to park speakers and let you know they're coming out. And they ride out on ATVs. And, and it's, it's Storm. And it's Cyclops. And it's Rogue. Well, actually, Rogue's pretty cool. She's our, the, at least when I went, the actress was pretty cool. And it, it's Wolverine. And it's like, okay, that's it. All right. They don't have a ride. The X-Men don't have a ride. They don't have any kind of interaction other than that. So I mean, it's, the, like, those are four of the most popular X-Men, though. It'd be nice if Gambit was going around the park doing card tricks. Th- you know yeah. what? That would be nice. Par- that would parlor be- tricks. So, okay, so compared to Disney. Are you, so what you're saying, though, is that you're upset that they would feature Storm, who is a black hero. Oh, my and- God! <laughs> <laughs> No! No! So you are you are underwhelmed by uh, one fourth of the characters running around on ATVs being a person of color, right? Tell us more about how you're quote unquote not racist. Stop it, Phil. <laughs> Phil, I don't know if you're doing Get Out or The Warriors right now. Yeah. I'm very confused. Uh. It's just fanfic I'm writing. So maybe, <laughs> maybe Ready Player Two. <laughs> compared to Disney, the way you interact with characters, it, there's always a little a little niche world built around them based on their movie. There's just the highest of level of of actors and actresses that really make the kids believe you know this is a character. I don't know. It just I, I maybe the wrong thing I did was I went to Disney for a few days with my kids, saw that, then we went to Universal Studios and it was like, yeah. I mean, they yeah, literally just kind of come out. They don't do anything. They just kind of come out and stand there. Here's a pose. All right, move on. Here's a pose. All right, move on. It's like, well, there's no. Yeah, Disney has the highest standards in the theme park industry yeah. for their character actors. Authenticity. I mean, you saw, or I hope you've seen how their guest on character looks at that walks around. Yeah. When that guy's on, on ground, man, he is in character, a hundred percent Gaston challenging people to push up competitions, you know, being a swarmy asshole, but you know, you, you, you have that, that reputation of being Disney and that's, you know, they have just a higher standard for this and they probably get better people applying for those jobs. It's a tough gig too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen lots of Reddit threads about how tough it is to work for Disney period, particularly on the park side uh, as a cast member, however they refer to him now. And, but yeah, especially as one of the the characters, um, tough gig. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work your ass off. Yeah. And be really good. Honestly, I mean Wolverine. I like Wolverine, but I'm, I'm I'm just not impressed with those three those three other characters. Clots. I never were. I never cared for them in the books. I don't. God damn it! I hate that. that so 
Sorry, Bishop. And you don't care I love Bishop. The, I love Bishop. You See, don't. You don't care for the two I'm one black character characters. friend. I have no, one black character friend. No, no, no. Uh, of the four characters, you just said Wolverine's cool. So you know the the toxic masculine hero is fine, but the two females are not okay. He's not talking. The, he's the, the one. The person with a visual disability is not okay either. That's really ageist. Girls. <laughs> He's the Scott is not have a visual disability. He's got white privilege. That bastard has got white privilege I coming do, out I of do his. I believe visor. it's red. I believe the problem is it's he sees red all the time. <laughs> Constantly triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I am never gonna get past this. So we're gonna hit the break. We're gonna come back with some stuff that hopefully gets everybody else in trouble instead of me. And we'll we'll see what happens. Oh Lord Jesus. And we're back, and we've got some interesting things to talk about here. But, Clutch, you, you found this one. Uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, man. We're going to get on our soapboxes here. And yeah, dude. Talk about how award shows are for ninnies. So, well, no, we don't agree on that, though. <laughs> um, basically, this is a – what we've got here is a Forbes uh, um, op-ed – from Mark Hughes, who's a contributor, he writes typically writes about the superhero films and stuff, uh, and other Hollywood things. Talking about how they just announced that streaming studios will not be eligible for awards at Cannes this year. Cannes, I should say. I always mispronounce that because I don't speak French. Basically, they're like, "Yep, if you're not one of the traditional, uh, you know, movie studio type things." Your streaming service, nope, no awards for you. You can still be there. You can still screen. Uh, you're not eligible for any of the consideration. And this op-ed basically says it's wrong and it's kind of bullshit. And I completely agree. And the thing that really irks me here, the rule change came alongside separate reports from director Steven Spielberg stating that he believes films from streaming studios like Netflix shouldn't be allowed to compete at the Oscars. And other filmmakers such as Christopher Nolan have voiced similar views. I am so bullshit with yeah. these established, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Chris Nolan and Steven Spielberg, you got, they're legendary talent. You know what I mean? Like they're, <sighs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. But. <clears throat> but Spielberg, we'll come back to that. But here's my thing. They both came up at a different time. They came up through the industry and they're in bed with the industry. And that's why they think this way. And I think it's bullshit. There is. And they can nothing. easily be doing streaming stuff and making, still making. Sure. Sure. And what the problem with the streaming thing is it has democratized this to a large degree. Netflix and Amazon throw money at entity or not entities, but like at projects that would normally get passed by the big studios. Left and right. I mean, as a matter of fact, it's one of the chief criticisms of Netflix right now is if you're working on a pilot or something like that, they throw money at everything to see what sticks. Um, They've given a lot of, I mean, they've put out some incredible stuff and they've also put out some subpar stuff. It happens. I mean, every, every studio does that, but they are basically, if the, if your project has any legs at all, they're going to give you a chance to walk. You know what I mean? If not run. Amazon is also getting into that space. Hulu got into that space a little bit. And the thing is, for me, this is just gatekeeping. This is the established industry 
you know, ho-hum against the digital revolution. Uh-huh. You, you know, these companies are taken from our bottom line and blah, blah, blah. So it, and awards, the, the other part that's kind of mentioned in this article is that um, the, one of the criticisms is these studios make a lot of these films that are considered for awards strictly to get awards. Yeah, it very much pointed that out. Like, it's, it's gamed. They're gaming the awards system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's to get prestige for the various studios. It's to get prestige for certain directors and even certain actors and stuff like that. I mean, people seek out these, these projects to get an award. You know what I mean? And it's kind of bullshit. Like, you're, you're basically trying to say that streaming can't be allowed in here because it, it goes against the authenticity of what we've established here. But it's like, you already game your own system. You're just pissed off that, you know, this new business model is doing what you've been doing forever, harder, better, faster, stronger. You know what I mean? So I, I'm going to go a little controversial on that, but this is, this is the golf clubs that say whites only. This is the golf clubs that still say to this day, men only. You're just old school bullshit trying to keep people out. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is off. Have they learned nothing from the music industry? Like that's, that's the, the most infuriating part of this. It's just like, you need to get with the goddamn times, old man, or you're going to yeah. be left in the dust. Mm-hmm. And Steven Spielberg, man, you know, he, I, I read a little bit of what he was saying. He's like, oh, I'm not arguing that these movies aren't great, but it's television. So I'm, they should be nominated for Emmys, not, not Oscars, where, where the prestigious, you know, get their awards. It's like, motherfucker. Like, you haven't made a good movie in over 10 years. You know? And, and, and the only thing that you have been making is horseshit Oscar bait. The Post, horseshit. Uh, uh, War Horse? Come on. I, I just, it's, it, it was so far up his own ass that I, I literally screamed outside. It was like a good 2 a.m. And I was just like, Yes! You know, you know, it's bad when George Lucas calls you up and goes, "Hey, man, you you might want to dial back to crazy a little bit. <laughs> the cell, well, start, start drinking your own Kool Aid as much." Yeah. You know these these the people that are putting out, like Paul said, these these projects on these streaming services, man, they're just trying to get their voice here heard at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it it doesn't say that this can't open doors to 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 bigger and better things, but. You know, don't be pissed that, you know, they're making just as good product on a platform that yeah. 90% of the world uses. Honestly, in my opinion, I'm, I'm making up the number, okay? It could have been a few steps removed. But Get Out, which is a phenomenal film that we've been jokingly referencing this evening, was one or two steps away from being a Netflix film. You know, it was one or two steps away from normal. Oh, yeah. No, no one's going to watch that. No, we're not going to fund that. And then Netflix goes, absolutely, we'll fund it. And same film, same everything, just straight to Netflix. And mm-hmm. it, is, it would have been just as amazing. That's absolutely the kind of project that would get picked up by Netflix if a major studio didn't pull the trigger. Exactly. And honestly, if Jordan Peele, if they hadn't crushed it with Key and Peele, and then subsequently the movie that they did, which was basically Key and Peele the movie. Keanu. Um, yeah, Keanu. Yeah. Um, there's no chance that that film would have gotten made by a major studio. Yeah. And he still even said, thank you for the people who took a chance on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, the one that stands out to me that, that like makes me call bullshit is beasts of no nation. 
Uh, if you recall, that's the one with Idris Elba in it. I haven't the, seen. I know the title. But I haven't seen it. So it's a Netflix film that had. It's a Netflix original film that had. A, it won some awards, um, but also that it. Um, it's a really powerful story about African children of war. You know, like the war soldiers. You know what I mean? The the children. Yeah, uh, yeah. The children soldiers. Yeah, child soldiers. Right. Child soldiers, and it's. I'm sure it's dramatized to a certain extent, but it's, it's a powerful, it sends a powerful message and it tells a story that hasn't been told really elsewhere. You know what I mean? At least not to that degree. And it had a couple key people involved that got it some notice. You know what I mean? That is a legitimate film. You know what I mean? Like that is, and it, it was considered for awards. Uh, let me see here. Did it? It got a, It was up for a golden globe. Right. Um, it was up for, and won a Screen Actors Guild Award. Right. So it's gotten some, some awards. Um, and my thing is, like, you're trying to keep that kind of stuff from competing with these little pet projects that are, are literally just Oscar bait. Like, you, you, you throw a couple million dollars at a film because you, you put the right names on it and you make it about something that's relatively dry and not mass appeal and people will gush about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of bullshit. You know, I mean, you say that about get out too. I don't know that shape of water was that much farther away from being a Netflix type movie. You know what I mean? If it if Guillermo yeah. didn't have the, you know what I mean? The buildup that he had, he probably would have had to, if he was a little bit smaller of a name, he probably would have had to resort to like a Netflix or an Amazon or something. Um, and we don't know that. I mean, I know it wasn't really your cup of tea, Charles, and that's fine, but I don't know yeah, that that's going argue that, but it was, it was a fun. I mean, you're right. It was a movie that deserved some recognition, but I think also, I feel like that movie gamed the system as well. I mean, I, I don't know that it would have been out in the summer or the fall. I think it was out in award season. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. If it wasn't Guillermo, wasn't who he is, and that's my official review of that movie was, I guess he is not my cup of tea. So I haven't cared for anything other than the Hellboys or the uh, even Pacific Rim that he pans. Um, you know, do you like Pan's Labyrinth? That left me confused. It's beautiful. It was gorgeous, and until the end. I was like, okay, I, I get it. I'm enjoying it. Some of it threw me off. The witness, his style of storytelling takes me out of the film some, but I did enjoy it. And then at the end, I'm like, wait a minute, what just happened? And I can get, I get, I'm not going to talk about the end, but I get, it was a, as a director, I'm letting you fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for that. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but I did go into Shape of Water expecting Pan's Labyrinth and felt like I didn't get any of it. So, mm-hmm. it, but, but it is, there's plenty of people who loved it. I'm not he, saying it didn't. I mean, the, the thing is, ultimately, my cup of tea. Guillermo is an auteur filmmaker. You know what I mean? Right. He's definitely he makes art films. Even his blockbusters are they still have that you know art edge to them. You know what I mean? Like Hellboy is full of incredible character and set design that does not normally get done. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. part of the charm of it. You know? I mean, obviously, it's based on a book that had a lot of great character design and everything, but. Guillermo's team brought it to life and a lot of that is based on Guillermo's like his you know his sketches and drawings and his planning like he he pours himself into every project he works on he's not somebody who just shows up directs a film and then it's out you know what I mean yeah um 
they're they're all a part of him and that's the kind of thing that the the academy really gravitates to they really like to reward people like that which was evident this year um but yeah no i mean like if there's a lot of films that have won oscars and other major awards that in this day and age or in the next five ten years might not get made by you know something comparable might not get made by a big studio might get made by somebody like netflix or amazon and it's not fair to leave them out of the running it's not if you make a 90 minute or two hour film that's not a tv show like that's bullshit to try to say that and i'm kind of pissed at spielberg for saying that um it's it's just not like that's not to mention that recent television shows have started to demonstrate that perhaps the feature film is a increasingly archaic storytelling device. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's fine. Like, don't get me wrong. Like there's, there's room in, in, in our culture for, you know, one and a half to two to even three hour experiences that tell a story. But when you look at something like, for example, Lord of the Rings or star Wars, those are trilogies because one film is not enough. You know what I mean? It's never enough to tell the full story. And we're starting to see series like, I mean, like it or hate it, you know, like the walking dead or game of Thrones or a number like breaking bad. Those are stories that can't get told in a film format. You know what I mean? They're, they're lengthy, they're dense yeah. and there's a lot to them. And that doesn't mean that, some of the greatest shows that have ever been made at their best moments aren't on par with some of the greatest films that have ever been made. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that's, I think that's intellectually dishonest to try to imply that, you know, I agree. I I think, and I I know I'm the outlier here. I think awards and, and this is coming from an awards whore who worked his ass off for 10 years to try to get nominated and get an award and have been nominated for stuff and it took talking to brian Ibbett, talking to paul klotz and getting a better bigger visual of the world and and seeing that awards are kind of bullshit i mean as a creator i want to be recognized right i'd like to know oh you the sally fields you like me you really really like me but um uh shit the guy who played radio um and, Gooding, uh, Jr. Yeah, Gooding Jr. Yeah, he was just on. Uh, my wife and I are in a British TV kick. We go through this about twice a year. So we're, we're watching a lot of Graham Norton. He was just on. Well, the one we watched, we, we just watched when he was on. He talked about uh, getting his Oscar, right? How he lost mm-hmm. his mind and this and that and the other. Uh, and, and, but he said, I forget. I, th- I think it was Jack Nicholson he was in a film with. And he said Jack told him that you get nominated for an award, you're hot for a month. You get you win an award, you're hot for a year, and that's it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but that, but the truth is, your award does not actually speak to your talent as a writer, as a creator, as a, a, a actor, any of that stuff. It uh, can. I mean, look I'm at DiCaprio. Sure. I've enjoyed DiCaprio since I first saw him in, in uh, Gilbert. Right. right. Well, right. I mean, that's that's the thing. There's obviously outliers like DiCaprio who should yeah. have gotten an Oscar forever ago. You know, what Wes I mean? Anderson. Mm. Mm. No, I actually like Wes Anderson. I Wes just, Anderson, or Scorsese. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, no, of how course. How long I did mean, it take him to get an Oscar? His whole goddamn career, which is yeah. horseshit. And he definitely deserved it well before that point. So, I mean, yeah, no, I hear you, Charles. I mean, that's the thing about awards is they they are somewhat bullshit, um, but they are a validation. You know what I mean? I mean, people seek them out because. I mean, as if you're an actor, 
it lets you negotiate for more pay. It lets you get yeah. better roles. It basically turns you into hot shit, you know, and you now get to pick your roles rather than, I mean, there's, there's people who are Oscar winners. They don't audition anymore. They get asked to come, you know, fill a seat. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and even some people who haven't gotten awards are in that position, but like it, it, it does add prestige right or wrong. But the problem is that it's already, it's a rigged game that has a whole. I like that you said rigged. Cause I, I, I agree. I mean, that's my, well, yeah. I mean, it's the, the reason DiCaprio didn't get his award for so long is cause he, he was literally getting stumped by the Academy. The same thing with Scorsese. I mean, there's lots of people who didn't get the acknowledgement that they deserved at various times for various reasons. You know what I mean? And we can't know all the machinations of that because we're not industry insiders, but we know that they exist because people have yeah. spoken out about it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I tend to put a lot of weight in, I think people's choice awards mean something a lot of times. Cause that's the public yeah. saying, Hey, we really like this. I think um, awards chosen by your peers are a little bit like the, like SAG, for example, that carries a bit of weight. You know what I mean? Like that's, generally mostly your peers are saying hey we really respect yeah. your work here and what you've done um but the academy is a mixture you know it's some of these people who are members of the academy that get to vote on the these awards are from all over the industry you know what i mean yeah. some of them have been around for decades some of them have you know what i mean it's it's all over the place so it's a thing yeah i don't know how it works at sundance Right, but you've started seeing that more and more over the last decade. Nominated for Best Blah Blah, blah at Sundance, winner of Best Blah Blah, blah at Sundance. Well, nominated uh, can, uh, can Blah Blah, and that the fact that that's what started this whole conversation is is it's Can that says nope, fuck you guys, you cannot even be mm. here. And, no, and there's Can is another example of a rigged game, you know. Yeah, and, and last year it references in this article. Last year they booed. Netflix screenings. Uh, I'm like, what a dick move. Mm-hmm. I think I think you, uh, Paul, and I and, and Audrey talked about that when yeah. when that happened. We did. I think you're right. I think y'all did talk about it. Yeah. But I mean, that's I mean, it's cons. You know, it's it. You 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 you're not good enough to understand. You know, the French ways, man. They're just smug about everything over there at the Cannes Festival. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm always going to rebel against that. And uh, what was it? It was, I think it's the Oscars two years ago that had no African-American nominees for anything. And uh, even a bunch of white actors coming out like, yeah, the Academy is a bunch of old white guys. It's like, yeah. that needs to change, right? That needs to, to grow and, and evolve. And- well, I mean, you know, we've talked to, it's been a long time since we've talked about, you know, diversity directly like that and you know that i'm not so i'm not a fan of the what i the way i term it as a a diversity quota that affirmative action right that right i don't i don't think that well i don't want to go so far as to say that because affirmative action is an entirely separate issue but yeah i don't think that when you're nominating people there's a checklist of like well we need a person of color this year we need an asian person you know i think that's crazy but you look at a year like that and there's undeniable roles and undeniable films that were made with prominent performances that were just not nominated. They were snubbed, you know, or, you know, whether they were 
looking at the director at the final product or the film or whatever. And that was noteworthy. And there, there's good cause to call that out. You know, absolutely good cause for that. So how many guys are good? Well, no, I just, I think it's evident that they've been trying to nominate and even assign awards since then to kind of dispel that a bit. You know what I mean? I don't know that Jordan Peele would have gotten the best original screenplay Oscar if this didn't happen two years later. You know what I mean? If it didn't come out now yeah. rather than beforehand. And that's kind of fucked up. Let's be real. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think he deserved it. I think it was a great screenplay and everything. And I definitely, you know, it was in the running for some other stuff. And I think screenplay was the right place to give it. But yeah. How, I was going to say, how many awards were uh, uh, Black Panther nominated for? Very, very few, if any. Well, that's well. It's too. It's too new. I mean, it. We'll see. Oh, I'm sorry. It's more new than. Okay, maybe it is more new than. Was it? It came came out in February. Yeah, it'll be next year if it gets nominated. Yeah, never mind. I was about to go on a high horse, but I realized. Well, no, but I mean, we already know that the industry is against the you know the superhero films. Well, that was going to be the point I was going to make, but I might have to eat my words. Well, I didn't say them, but I might have to eat the words I was starting to say this year. Because that that film has blown everything out of the water. It it kept fucking number one for three weeks with a whole bunch of new big films coming out. It kept there for three weeks. Only got displaced by uh, Pacific Rim uh, this this past it's weekend. It's now the highest grossing Marvel film, isn't it? Of all fucking time. Yeah. And it's not done. I'm, it's, it's not done. In. And beyond that, beyond the numbers, like well, you could—I mean, you could argue just numbers. No, it is a phenomenal film, and Angela Bassett was phenomenal in it. And the other names that I really have a hard time remembering were phenomenal in it. I mean, all the actors <laughs> actually were amazing. Because I'm racist. Fuck you guys. You know, I can remember. The name no. uh, I don't even remember the white guy's name. Okay, no, I do actually now remember it. Shit. Uh, but the other white guy's name I don't remember. But no, my, my point is is great storytelling, great writing, great shut up, Phil, great directing. God damn it. Y'all started this stupid joke that I'm racist. I'm not racist. I can't even get a point across because you're a goddamn running joke, you motherfucker. It's <laughs> the Cody new BBS. It's, it's the new BBS. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, no, I mean, obviously next year, if Black Panther doesn't get nominated for some awards, it's going to be some bullshit. Yeah. Straight up bullshit. Now, do I think it deserves best picture? We have a long time between then and now. I didn't see what it's up against, you know. Right. Well, that's the thing. I don't know what it would be up against. We haven't seen all those films. It's probably not going to win Best Picture, um, but which is fine. But it could it be nominated? Even... Probably. I don't even would. know if it – maybe not for Best Picture. I think um, there's a lot of things it could be nominated for. I definitely think some of the performances deserve noms. You know, for for the actors and Coogler sure. definitely deserves to be nominated for best director. Yep. Um, yeah. The final product of the film itself, you know, a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people. A lot of people love it. Some people are like, "Oh, after all the hype and everything, it's not quite what you know I expected." And I'm like, "Here's the thing. It's Shakespeare. You know what I mean? That film is Shakespeare. So if we we have a history of nominating Shakespeare adaptations and the people involved in them mm-hmm. in the past." that needs to continue because it was a, it's not a direct translation of any particular Shakespeare piece, but it, it had all the Shakespearean fingerprints on it. You know what I mean? So if you, you know, are gonna, 
acknowledge people's success by adapting Shakespeare in the past, I think you definitely need to look for the same kind of things here in this film. But yeah, like you said, Angela Bassett was amazing. I think Chadwick Boseman was great. Uh, you know, there are a couple other, Shuri, um, Latita Wright, right? Is her name, I believe? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, if I butchered that, I apologize. There are some, you know, great performances, and maybe not all of them are going to be Oscar winners, but they definitely need to get acknowledged, you know, come award season next year. So I agree with you. Yeah. If it gets snubbed and isn't on a – I mean, it, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, best – sound editing and best right, no, know, no costume design stuff. i don't want any t- i mean you can All nominate it for right. technical yeah. stuff but like costume design i absolutely think is something that it could potentially win depending oh yeah most i i do at the moment i mean yeah because we're still early in the year but most definitely the work that they did with by uh, adapting so many different african tribal cultures and their style into the you know the fictional culture of wakanda was really incredible and they there's a lot in there i've seen some great articles that break it down um so yeah costuming absolutely that's a fair nom but we'll see we'll see what comes of it but uh yeah i'm not saying don't give them the technical stuff but that's all that the movies ever get your guardians of the galaxy best soundtrack uh uh suicide squad best whatever it was i forget you know Makeup. I mean, it's it's not superhero, but I mean, you know, Mad Max swept the technicals, and then uh-huh. didn't get anything. They didn't get you know, shit. That's didn't get writing, real. director, best picture, right. any of that stuff. So. Yeah, because it was a shit film. But moving on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just triggering you, Paul. <laughs> I just literally threw that out just mediocre. <laughs> Even feels like what? Well, I'll fight your ass. Charles also hates strong female leads. Got oh, come on! I gotta get shiny and chrome right now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I want to do oh, this real quick. Re- real, real quick before we we switch topics. Um, Sp- Steven Spielberg hasn't made a good uh, movie in twenty years. Okay, we can move on. Okay. <laughs> I I, I well, have a bone to pick with him because. Well, Go ahead. Let's pick that bone. You've mentioned this a couple of times. I want to flesh that one out. I don't care about it. We'll get to the other stuff we get to it. But why, why are you saying that, you, that Steven Spielberg hasn't made something good in 20 years? He hasn't. In my opinion, Saving Private Ryan was the last good film that he made. That was 1998. Okay. And since then, um, except for maybe the fluff piece of Catch Me If You Can in 2002. That was there was, I think that was good because of the actors, personally. C- correct um and do you get the good performance out of the actors if you don't have a director sending them on their way but but since saving private ryan i don't believe that he has had a strong enough or a a, a, a looking at his back catalog of his 70s his 80s and his 90s he now, had you, such you're talking about just directing right correct not the producing all right let me correct so so he had such a huge um dent on on cinema through through three decades and then in 99 uh, you know 98 after saving private ryan it just it falls flat for me and i don't believe he's had a good movie since then well you know to kind of to touch on that a little bit because i've gotten into conversations about this before i've had a couple of people like talk about some of his even some of the stuff that we would consider some of his best work they've mentioned that they feel like a lot of it was, um, you know, they're like, Oh, it's cliche or whatever. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Steven Spielberg created the cliche. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. He, yeah. he redefined filmmaking at his prime. 
you know, for that era, for the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, he changed the face of filmmaking. Well, didn't his student film, the the, the one about the trucks, I forget what it's called, didn't that change the face of filmmaking as a student? I don't, I'm not really familiar with that. Yeah, I didn't see that. I have to look it up. Go ahead, carry on. But, I mean, like, you're not wrong, Phil. I mean, he's got, like, you go back and he's got The Color Purple, Empire of the Sun, Schindler's List, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Jurassic Park, E.T., AI, um, I think was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, first off, AI is Kubrick's project, Mm -hmm. and then he died mid-production, so then the studio put Steven on there to, you know, somehow find a way out of it. Yeah. But, um, but you know, AI had, it was dense, you know what I mean? That was a tough project, but, but then war of the worlds was him and he butchered it like that. Yeah. Crystal skull. I I mean, let's go down the list from 1998, 1998 being seven drive. We're going up the list rather AI, our official attendance minority report. I dug minority report. I did actually quite like minority report. It was all right. Like I, I wanted more out of it, and I just, okay. I guess, I, I'm not. In, in, in this is completely subjective. I don't. I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, and and I think he's a That's product fair. of the time as well. You know, um, but I, you know, I. Everyone knows how much I love Dick, and it just wasn't the girthy Dick that I needed. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a Philip K. Dick, you know. But you, I mean, that's what I meant. Is, is that not what you guys mean? Sure, no. no, I get what you're saying. Minority Report could have been deeper. It could have been, it could have been more story-driven. Um, I mean, I it was it. an adaptation, you know, yeah. and that's... Sure, the, sure, sure. the nature of an adaptation. Yeah. I mean, War of the Worlds, again, Tom Cruise, again, Spielberg, again, an adaptation, again, mediocre. Yeah. Um, so going up, catch me if you can. I think I, I didn't even realize that was Spielberg. I always think Hanks. Hanks has done no wrong that I've ever seen. You know, and then you got I mean, uh, Catch Me If You Can is Hanks and um, DiCaprio chewing yeah. up scenery. Yeah, and it was great. Is it, that part was great? I, I didn't know it was a, uh, World of Worlds. You already talked about which was yeah Munich. I never saw. I saw Munich in the theater. It's. Uh, I think it's an important film because it tells a story of a certain time period and a certain compare it to Amistad. No, but I mean, that's the thing is it's a, yeah, I mean, it's it's a same type of film, project. Right? It had some good moments. Um, it has some good performances in it, but it's not, it's not the breakout that a lot of his other films are. Okay. Then you have 2008's Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. That was there. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, I know. Did he do? He did a film in '08. No, no, apparently not. Uh, no, got, he did. He did. That is a fucking mark on his record, and it's a it fucking hard mark on his record. I, I can, I can let you have that one. And so, so before we continue, it's just like uh, this is why I'm very, and I know reports are good, but I'm very like, oh God, Ready Player One's coming out, and he should be <laughs> the one directing this, but at the same time, this mother hasn't given me a good movie that I've enjoyed since Saving Private Ryan and I know you know with with the storyline it makes sense that he's directing it but it's just like at the same point I'm like Ugh. let me the only, because, 
The only director that could make it worse for me would be Tim Burton, <laughs> which also hasn't made a good movie since the 90s. What? You don't want uh, Yui Ball? <laughs> Is he still a thing? Is he still alive? No, he's actually not. He's like, well, if you don't like my movies, I'm going to go away. And the internet went, finally. Yeah. yeah, I think all the financers were like, no, we're done. We're yeah. done giving you money to just set on fire. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this before we move on with this list, Phil. I have never actually read the book. One of those things I meant to get around to and just never have. My daughter read it, loved it. I'm looking at the trailers of this film going, this should be a lighthearted, uh, uh, pop culture-filled, reference-filled, beautifully fun film. If it's anything deeper than that, awesome. Like how I looked at Tron. Tron should be this lighthearted you know, great going to computers film. And yet there was a nice undertone to it. There was a, uh, whatever. It's, is that what I should expect from the book? The answer is yes. Um, now look, what, what you got from the book is obviously not what you're going to get in the movie because it never is right. The, the book itself is so filled with eighties nostalgia because the premise is the gentleman who built the video game that the lead character is obsessed with, lived through the 80s great so he he packs all these 80s references into everything now you need to modernize that to get you know younger kids or other other generations 90s kids 2000 kids into those seats because that's where your money's going to be so they add you know um a master chief from halo and they and they add you know a tracer from overwatch which isn't in the book or any of that and i and i understand that um I you also have licensing issues so you can't get certain characters. Correct, correct. So so I understand that you know some of the references are going to be changed but um I just I I'm just I'm I'm even though the reviews are are semi positive if not overly positive for it so have a lot of the other movies that he's made recently and I I just don't give a shit and I, I about the movies that he's made recently and oh, you know wow. the post the post was nominated for uh best picture and and all this other razzmatazz and i wanted to like it because bob odenkirk's in it and i'm such a big bob and david fan that i was like all right yeah i mean i like tom hanks i like um bob odenkirk and 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 david cross and uh, Meryl Streep, I can, I can get down with some Meryl Streep, and it was just, it was Oscar bait bullshit, in my opinion, and it just, it broke my heart, and I should have known better because I haven't liked a, a movie that he's done in so many years. But all right, so going down this list, we got Adventure of Ten Ten, which I did see. I thought the animation was great, but I just nominated eh. for an Oscar. But it, it was, it was all right. War Horse, I never saw. Nominated for an Oscar. Lincoln, I never saw. Nominated for an Oscar. Yep. Uh, Bridge of Spies, I never saw. Nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, the BFG, which is Disney, I never saw. Nobody saw the goddamn thing. My, my kids but, saw it. I actually saw the end of it. They watched it again when it hit Netflix or whatever. What the parts I saw were boring. Honestly. But I see. I'm like this again, man. I'm a Roll Doll fan. Like we just watched with the kid. Um, the original Willy Wonka, and it had so much magic behind it, even though Roald Dahl hated that adaptation. It's just, you know, I couldn't get down because it got the, the Spielberg stank on it. 
Now that stank. Yeah. Uh, of course, the post and then Ready Player One. So, all right, you know, Paul. I mean, do you disagree with with Phil? I don't disagree with what Phil's saying at all. I mean, we're we're talking about somebody who was at one time probably the most important director in Hollywood, and the last twenty years he's been kind of not growing, coasting. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the issue. Right is, nostalgia. Well, I mean, there's that, but it's it's also that he just hasn't changed. So, like, it, it's kind of the same thing that happened with George Lucas. When George Lucas came up, people respected him a lot because he was ambitious, he was young, and he had ideas, you know, new ideas and new things that he wanted to do. And then why did why are the sequels the meme that they are for almost everybody nowadays, other than a few holdouts? It's it's because he didn't grow. He just yeah. decided that he knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say that like Steven Spielberg doesn't know what he's doing, but does that resonate with a modern audience anymore? It is it, the exact same approach to making a film that he used 20 years ago. Does that still make a great film today? And I'm not sure that that's the case. I have the same complaint about Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, you know, a legend, especially for sci-fi. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Incredible sci-fi films. And I am not behind, you know, what he's done with the Alien franchise recently, for example, because he's, he's shaped it into what he wants it to be, not what brought everybody to it in the first place, you know, over 30 years ago. Yeah. So that's another example of somebody who's been around for a while. Their name, basically, if they make a film, they get nominated for an Oscar. Like, that's kind of how it works. You know, and I think that's a problem too. Like there's a point where we got to be like, is this really your best work? Like if somebody's earned an Oscar and you've given it to them numerous times, do you accept mediocre fare from them and keep nominating it? I don't think so. I mean, that's, that's crazy. You know, yeah. if you're not, if you're not pushing boundaries or putting out the best possible product anymore, you shouldn't be getting the best possible reward. I don't believe Ready Player One is going to push boundaries. I think it's going to be a beautiful film. I think I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it. Uh, I think it's going to be a theme park ride. That's what yeah. I've been saying to everybody. Is it's, yeah. it's going to have a little bit of, uh, you know, it's going to have that classic uh, Spielberg, some would say over-sentimentality to it. It's going to be kind of heavy-handed about the moral side of it. And it's going to have a lot of pop culture references. Now, what I will say is the the stacks look absolutely beautiful. And and if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. And the stacks, you know, look how I imagined it when I read it, but that's not direction. That's that's the people behind the mm-hmm. you know, the 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 the, the special uh, You know, it's funny is I believe arts. that's a quote of Steven Spielberg's is he also said the stacks look beautiful as they back the truck full of money up to his house. <laughs> Damn <laughs> bad stacks! Mm. <laughs> all right we we got uh running long here but i want to hit this real quick marvel strike force is live worldwide that is a new game from a fox uh, next which is the gaming arm of the fox uh franchise and seismic which is an awesome awesome company who has been tackling this and uh some if you ever played marvel avengers alliance you heard clots and i on from the helicarrier uh some of the same people who worked on that work on this i've been in the beta for 
two months now. It's been a phenomenal game. It is live worldwide. You can check uh, the show that I do out. We're going to be doing a lot more content from Giant Size Team Up on it at twitch.tv forward slash FTH Beyond. And you can look for a podcast and other stuff coming soon there. But if you like Marvel and you like mobile games, it's phenomenal. And then, yes, yes, I'm getting that, Phil. Hashtag dong life. What are, you, what are you doing to me making me say that, Paul? What's up with the dong life? All right, so this was just an interesting story that popped up on my Facebook feed today. That <laughs> popped up, huh? Popped up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so people have long speculated, why the fuck doesn't Lego make a great MMO? a la like a Minecraft or uh, Roblox or, you know, Skylanders or whatever. Sure. Why don't they make a really amazing open world exploration and building game? Well, they did make one for a little while at one point, Lego universe. It only lasted about two years. And this article describes one of the main reasons why it didn't last very long. And it's an older article um, from 2015, but it's still a really funny thing. The reason this was let off with hashtag dong life was <laughs> because uh, basically dongs is why that game doesn't exist anymore. That would be penises for you who aren't as old as we are. Yeah. Uh, so basically Lego's approach was that because they're a trusted brand and they're a trusted brand to always be family friendly, mm-hmm. you cannot allow people to build giant penises with your blocks and then let other potentially children see them, which presumably a Lego game is going to have a huge, you know, child audience. Um, So basically what they were doing is like you could build on your plot of land or whatever, and you could build stuff, but it was all invisible to outside people until a moderator came along and reviewed your build and made sure there were no dongs in there. That's a lot of personal man hours. Right. And the other thing is they also had auto detection software that would search for those kind of formations. Search for dongs. Yeah. <laughs> so the, re- search the reason they shut down the project, <laughs> one of the reasons is because their cost to have that many moderators looking yeah. for dongs all the time was so expensive it wasn't worth doing the project. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get through the story, but it's. It, 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 I mean, that's that's the story. That that the reason why we cannot have an open world Lego game is because there's no way for them to effectively make sure you're not building a dong everywhere. And, it's and you know, people were. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, people were. Yep. This is why we can't have nice things. Hashtag dog life. <laughs> You know, Phil was leading that charge, right? Oh, my Lord. I built so many dongs in my day. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's like one of the classic Minecraft things you do, right? Like you, sure. you, you build your first shack. You figure out how yeah. the game works. And, oh, yeah. You, you, well, you, you, know, you build your first hut. You, get, you explore the world a little bit. And then you realize that you have a giant, like, three stacks of stone blocks in your inventory. And you go make a dong out in the desert or something. So, that, so you guys are the reason we can't have nice things. I never oh. played Lego Worlds. Okay, that's how Burning Dong started. Universe. You know, building that giant dong <laughs> out the middle of the yeah. yeah, on the on the player. Yeah. Ah, well, on that very stiff note, we are going to jump out here. <laughs> right, unmuting. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to be so blunt about it, Charles. Come on. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. I'm sorry I finished first, but it's okay. We're going to wrap it up here. Everyone's used to it. 
Uh, including my wife. Yeah, wrapping it up is only ninety nine point nine percent percent. I can't even finish. I don't even know. I, I think only one third of us is drinking tonight. That's the thing, too. And we just sometimes. Yeah, it. Paul's all over the place. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. Check us out next week. We're gonna be doing the Ready Player One official review. Spoiler and non-spoiler alike. We'll have a whole bunch of people from Giant Size Team up on. <laughs> somebody, somebody has given Paul a J.J. Abrams flashlight to use on the video, and he is, he's been using it uh, about as much as J.J. does, to be honest, with Lynn's flashlight. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you're a patron, you get to see yeah. Star Trek Three, Dong Life, The Search Dong, for Dong. The Search for Dong. Yeah, there you go. Phil, where can they Dong find you on the Dong web? No man has donged before. I was recently on Toy Power. Oh, that's um, right. I guested down under with uh, Trent, Frent, Ben, and Darren. And Did we you talked say Frent? about Trent, Frent. I said Trent, Frank, Ben, and Darren. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about toys that should have been and why Mad Max Road Warrior never got a toy line. <laughs> and the it kids was. can't watch that movie. It was. Well, I mean, they went into some very detailed crazy uh he he built his own toy line for it and it was it was beautiful it was a masterpiece uh but i had a lot of fun um i didn't know what to expect but um i was on episode 61 should be out in about i don't know six months i don't know how they release podcasts <laughs> down there in australia yeah i'm not actually but sure check, check that out uh or you can tell me that steven spielberg was the best director and always has been uh, by yelling me, yelling at me on Twitter at Imaginary Nomad. Yeah, and actually, Toy Power releases every other week, and I think they stay about two weeks behind on what they record. So uh, you can definitely look for that. And it's been time, Frank. I know you listen. I know Mrs. Frank listens. Hello, Mrs. Frank. We need to hear from you because you give us some fun stories about Frank that he won't tell us. <laughs> uh, but uh, you guys listen. So I, I know it's time that we've had Chris Wisdom on twice, I think. You had Paul Klotz, you had myself, and you've had Phil. I want to know the numbers. Who's gotten the more downloads? You know, <laughs> let's, let's start measuring here. Let's see who's done more. Uh, yeah, because uh, people in Australia are like, I'm going to download this episode because some <laughs> stupid bloke from America's on it. Actually, I think their U.S. audience is probably larger than their Australian audience. They are, they are universal. I will go ahead and say that. They are a universal show. Anybody can listen to them anywhere. It's an amazing toy collection show. Well, and that's how all podcasts work. <laughs> sure phil paul where can they not find you on the web you can find me at soapbox gst on twitter i will probably not see it um you can find me in no that's that's Louis. pretty much it well, yeah, you, the- you forgot to mention they can find you making random comments on pornhub videos as mortal sword <laughs> that was last time yeah you don't comment on a Pornhub video. Are you crazy? You read the comments and you laugh. <laughs> uh, you can find me at charlesmcfall.com, rockoutpodcasting.com, and all kind of other places. And like I said before, FTH Beyond is going to be doing a lot more awesome stuff. It'll be at giantsizeteamup.com forward slash FTH Beyond. And it's currently on twitch.tv forward slash FTH Beyond and facebook.com forward slash you can check us out on facebook facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel and patreon that we've been talking about all night patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel we'd love to hear from you email us ptp 
at giantsizeteamup.com or go and leave a voice message, giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel. We'll be back next week with some more awesome stuff and shenanigans and more people. Lots more people next week. Until next time, uh, I would say stay stay uh, true, real believers just to fuck with Chris, but you know what? Screw Chris. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team Up.